Hello, I'm Mark Bassingthwaite, the Risk Manager with ALPS. Welcome to ALPS In Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. And I'm excited about today's podcast. Uh, I have someone that uh, some other folks at ALPS uh, had the pleasure of meeting in person and were so impressed. They said, Mark, we've got to reach out and, and have some discussions here for the podcast. And I absolutely agree. Uh, today I have with me Katie Mazurek. And uh, I believe, Katie, you're practicing in Bozeman. Is that correct? Yes, I practice in Bozeman and we have offices in Helena as well. Okay, very good. Um, I when, when I first sort of reached out and, and looked a little bit about uh, what you do and who you are, um, I was struck by uh, the name of your law firm. Uh, well, actually, before we get to that, Let's take just a few moments, and can you share a little bit about yourself to, to our listeners? What what do you feel is important that they know about you? Well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be able to talk with you. I think um, one of the things that's really important for people to understand about me is that I am a person who really understands pain and uh-huh. Um, I've been through, you know, some significant things, including my parents' divorce when I was 15, um, a cancer diagnosis when I was 33, when I had two kids, and uh, right actually when I started Element. And so my whole kind of purpose in life is to help people through their suffering. Uh-huh. And so that's that's probably what I'd want people to understand the most, because I know that interfacing with a lawyer can be really scary and really overwhelming and really foreign and I would hope that if people can see me as a, as just another human yes. who understands what they're going through, um, that that makes them feel a lot more comfortable and normalizes their, their pain a little bit. And may I ask you, I, I know that uh, at least a, the bulk of what you do, if I'm understanding correctly, is divorce work. But are there other practice areas or are you exclusively in the divorce space? We're primarily in the family law space, okay. so divorce, okay. custody, parenting. Right. Um, we obviously help if our clients come to us and they're comfortable with us and they want us to help with a business or something like that, okay. some minor estate planning, we do those things as well. Okay, very good. And again, I was struck about the, the name of uh, your, your your group, Element Law Group. Um, mm-hmm. I, I suspect there's a story here. I'd, I'd love to hear it. So Element came about uh, when I created the firm, I wanted our clients to have a very different experience than the typical and what I felt at the time was pretty antiquated um, lawyer, court, law-centric law firm experience. I wanted this to be really based on the family and and the individual. And so the, the term Element came from the idea that we're all made of the same basic things. On an elemental level, who are we? Um, Well, we're people who need love and care and support and guidance. And so the name Element came out, and I think it identifies or signifies who we are pretty well. I love that. I mean, that that really speaks to me, too. That is just very cool. I I think that's awesome. Um, Can we take a moment... uh, in my, you know, we, we are living in really unusual times. Um, you know, there's there's discussions in terms of COVID and, and all that's happening geopolitically all over the world here. Um, I mean, in other words, it's not just COVID, but these 2020 is a crazy time. And there are uh, 
some descriptions of looking at this as sort of a we're, we're entering a new normal. And I'm not one that buys into that. Uh, I, I think what we are going through is a period of rapid change, dramatic change, but change is always present. But we are in a crazy time where change is just wow. When I think about the divorce space, the family law space, are you finding that um, these times, is that changing? Are the needs of your clients, are, are, you know, how would you describe what's happening from your perspective? You know, sadly, there's been a big uptick in our, Uh, in our business. Um, And we've all talked a lot about what the causes and the factors would be that have caused this real surge. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the best of our guessing, we think it's the stress and the uncertainty and the, yeah. Yeah. the, the fear. And it's just kind of in the, in a weak scenario, in a weak relationship, it's, it's created the pressure point that's broken the system. Um, but interestingly, it's also, I think, a bigger conversation about what's happened to the practice of law with this this COVID and and having to adapt. And I think it's in some ways can be looked at as a really exciting time because it's forcing the law and practitioners to come into the modern era as far as how we're practicing and how we're interfacing with each other. And that's something that Element has been pushing for a long time is to say, look, there's all these technological pieces that can make our lives easier and should make our lives easier. And I'm kind of excited to see that happening on on the larger scale. Can we, uh, I know you have written a book um, and I I believe it's called Divorce Better Together. Um, And you co-authored this, uh, is this with uh, your partner? this is with a uh, a former client of mine. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. How, Rob so how did this come about? Well, Rob started as a client in the collaborative process. And okay. for people who are the uninitiated, the collaborative process is a team approach to a divorce. We use two lawyers, a neutral mental health person, and a neutral financial person. And that creates a professional team that helps a um, a, a married couple divorce in a more amicable, fully supported way. So Rob was my client at, in, in a collaborative setting. And unfortunately, he was actually, he says he was my, my first failure. Um, he and his wife fell out of the collaborative process pretty early on. Um, and so he was pushed into the litigation path and, um, his experience there and mirrors my experience with the compare contrast the litigation world with the collaborative world and he felt very passionately about the importance of collaborative and the value of collaborative and he and i struck up a friendship and have been very close friends ever since and he wants to change the world like i do and so we we co-authored this book and how does is is the book um, somewhat of a description of how you practice in in, in your space? Is it a, a, a guidebook of where you'd like to see the law go? I mean, can you fill me in a little bit more about? 
Sure. It's, it's a, it's a very short, easy read. And the intent is just to get collaborative in the minds of people who are starting to contemplate which divorce process is right for them. So it really is the personal stories, um, Rob's personal story of, you know, being in the collaborative process and then litigation and my personal story of, of watching my parents um, really suffer through a nasty litigated divorce and what that did to my family. And then now as a practitioner practicing collaborative. So it's 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 really it does explain the process. It's, it's definitely informational, but it's also um, meant to connect with the reader on that kind of emotional journey and experience of divorce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you find, are, I, I like what you were talking about in terms of looking at COVID and seeing this in so many ways as an opportunity. How I, are you finding, for instance, you know, courts are closed and, and mm -hmm. you know, that, that, is this an opportunity to really accelerate the collaborative process? Are you able to do more of this? I mean, can we sort of f flesh out what what's happening? Oh, sure. You know, I think the collaborative process is always going to, it, it's so flexible and it can adapt to whatever situation that we need. And what we have found is really interesting is that the collaborative uh, sessions that are held through Zoom or whatever mm -hmm. video conferencing uh, platform, they're really great because there's these side channels and things that we can, we, the practitioners can type to each other privately. I can type to my client privately. And so um, I wouldn't say that necessarily in terms of volume or anything, you know, we still have the access that we need on the litigation front to the courts, but it certainly is the whole drive of collaborative is to put the divorce process in the family's hands. And certainly these times are a call to action for families to really embrace that opportunity where it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find, I, you know, I, I can appreciate, and I really, I, I need to go pick up your book. And by the way, I believe it's available just if, if others are interested it's on Amazon. Oh, on Amazon. On yes. Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be clear for everybody, divorce better together. Um, and it's by Katie Mazurik. And I'm sorry, the, the name of your co-author? Rob Irizarry. Rob Irizarry. So, uh, folks, it, it, I, I just let you know it's out there. Um, do you find, you know, I, I, I'll go back and say, <laughs> my wife and I were both second marriages. So we've been through the process. Um, my wife's divorce was a litigated divorce that went all the way to the state supreme court and it was just one of these oh, crazy goodness. horrible kinds of things you know mine was more of a uh how, how it, it we didn't use the collaborative process but we did sit down between the two of us and really work through most of the issues and honestly just had one lawyer uh between the two of us uh be mostly a scrivener point out i mean after we stayed in the ethical bounds but at that way say the lawyer mm -hmm. that, that assisted us and uh, i i think we divorced well uh, i would say post-divorce there were some issues mm -hmm. um that i think a collaborative process may have might have helped uh helped us avoid 
But uh, I, I share all that because I, what I'm curious about is, is part of what you're trying to accomplish with the book. Um, to, it, I, I guess are you writing to, to lawyers or you're writing to people? You see where I'm going? You know, is, sure. is, is, there, is the challenge here to create awareness and appreciation of the collaborative process to the clients is is it are we trying to sell this process you see i we're trying to educate people um families really so parents and and married couples that this process is available and that this process is available you know at any point in your journey um and um so like in your case if there were did you have children? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and is maybe Both I don't did. mean to pry, but no, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> so, so it could be, you know, we see people who have gone through the litigated process and then they, they have these children whose needs inevitably change and the dynamic inevitably changes. And we have new parties coming on as significant others and things like that. Um, and, and so they can adopt the, the, the collaborative process after a divorce Uh and just get the support they need around some of these bigger decisions or even smaller decisions. But really what it comes down to, and I think most relationships come down to this is communication. And so you have a a team that can help facilitate healthy, facilitate, excuse me, and model healthy, healthy communication. um, And then also give you good information Mm -hmm. to make better decisions. Do, do you find most people, when they have an opportunity to learn a bit about this process mm-hmm. and, and what you are doing, uh, are they pretty receptive? Do you, are you pretty successful at moving people in this direction? Are you finding um, some resistance yeah. to it? You know, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. does it work better so, for some and not others? I'm just... So the collaborative process was was started in Minnesota about 20, 28, 29 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, in 2013, two practitioners, um, myself included, went to uh, Arizona to get trained in this. Yes. And since then, we've we've cultivated the collaborative community here in Montana. And now there's there's collaborative practitioners all over the state. And what I've noticed since bringing it here way back in 2013 is that collaborative is the answer that clients were already looking for, but didn't know existed. Okay. So, and, and to, you know, to further answer your question, absolutely. There are people that are better suited for collaborative cases than others, but it's, it's, I don't want to kind of perpetuate a misconception, which is that um, couples who are high conflict or when there's, there's, difficult issues in a case that they're not appropriate for collaborative somehow. This is, this is, that's been proven false repeatedly. Um, really what it comes down to in my experience is the strength and, ex- and experience level of the team that is helping the, the family get through this. So it, it, it seems what I'm hearing is, Part of what's going on here and part of your interest uh, initially, it's the collaborative process is going to be less painful, more positive, 
better outcomes. So, and, you know, you, you started to, you, you want to try to help people through pain. And mm-hmm. a divorce process is certainly a painful process. Um, you know, that's, I, I've never seen a situation that was just, you know, roses all the way through. Um, do you find, as a practitioner, using this process, um, comparing yourself to the traditional uh, divorce lawyer that does a lot of litigation, you know, is is that a is there a wellness component to this? Uh, you, you know, is would you encourage other lawyers? Um, you know, it's I, because to me, I, I I like how you've described some of this and looking even now in the midst of just this global pandemic, looking at an opportunity. And I think that's such an incredible way to move forward through any change. You know, always looking. We can't deal with the fact. We can't change what has happened. All we can do is define ourselves by how we respond to it. But, you know, with courts being closed, is there a message here? Would you have a message to, to other practitioners and say, look, this can create less pain for you as a practitioner too mm-hmm. and and your wellness can help others i i, I mean mm-hmm. am, am, am i understanding this correctly i don't well i think so i mean i struggled a lot when i started with litigating family law cases because yeah. you know what's a win in a family law case Yes. Is it is it a dollar award? Is it is it more time with the child? I mean, it's it's really kind of a almost a perverse concept to think about if, yeah. if when you're talking about human life. Um, and so I I really f- struggled with like, am I what am I doing here? What am I? What value am I bringing? What is the long term uh, outcome for these families? when I've just put on this testimony that's just biting and terrible towards another party, you know, Mm -hmm. this, this is what we have to do or feel what we have to do. And so the collaborative practice, um, is the hardest work I've ever done, Mm -hmm. but it is far and away the best I've ever felt about something that I'm putting forward in the, in the world. Um, when you go to these conferences, you see mostly practitioners in their 50s and 60s. And the reason for that is they just got to a point where they couldn't do the litigation, the burden of litigation, the, the right. toxicity yeah. of litigation. And so um, they had to do something different. And um, I want to be clear, it's very hard work. <laughs> it's very hard work because at least with litigation, you can say, hey, that's that's not what the court's going to consider. We're not going to talk about that. I'm sorry that happened to you and kind of you okay. know, have the appropriate amount of empathy, but but move the case forward because you're working within that strict legal lens. Exactly. And the collaborative process, you, you know, it's the 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 law is just a framework and what the family builds within that is completely up to them. And so I kind of the analogy I use is look, the law, the framework is going to say you need to build a car and that car has to have four wheels, an engine and a steering wheel. And whether you build a Porsche or a dump truck, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of freedom, you know, for us practitioners who are used to being in these like really tight roles, that can be really uncomfortable for us. 
and uh, that's why we have a team. And so, what what drives the? You say this is uh, the hardest you've ever worked. It seems that you know it, it's clear. Just you know, the audience is just listening. But you know, I we're viewing each other here, and, and it, you're very passionate about this, and very. Uh, <laughs> I, it seems. Um, to be very fulfilling to you, very important. Mm-hmm. But what 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 is the challenge here? Why is this so hard? Um, is it trying to keep people invested in the process? Is it the emotions of all that's going on? Is it crazy tangential issues that you know the the traditional path isn't necessarily going to deal with. I mean, why is this such a challenge? And challenge doesn't have to be a bad thing. I mean, this is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to get across to our, mm-hmm. our listeners here, you know. It's, but w- w- where's the, why is this so hard? Well, you're taking two people who are in conflict and you're asking them to listen to each other, to meaningfully listen to each other and to communicate better. Uh-huh. And that is exceptionally hard. People come into the divorce process with a feeling of scarcity of, oh my goodness, I'm losing, I'm changing. There's, we took one hole and we're making it into two, which is never as much as half. If that makes sense. Right. And so, because you lose the economy of efficiency and going into two households and things like that. So um, a real scarcity mindset and it's very hard to get positive work out of people who are rotating around the axis of fear and not enough and uncertainty and what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And so in the collaborative space, we really meet them in that scarcity feeling. Whereas in, in, in a litigation setting, I can just say, ah, you know, I know that that thing happened to you and I'm so sorry, but that doesn't, that's not on the, on the, on the view or the horizon for the court. Right. Right. And so we make space for all of that in the collaborative model. And that's, what's kind of messy and hard. And, and you're trying to help people move forward through that. I mean, it's, it's a lot. So how do you stay sane? Right. (laughs) Such a good question. Um, Well, we lean on the mental health professional quite a bit and Mm -hmm. who helps us understand like, okay, this is in your box and this isn't. Um, You know, I I guess part of the really hard thing about collaborative is that I feel like I'm, I'm invested in the family in a, in a much different way than I am in litigation just by virtue of the, the differences in the process and so, um, how do I, I mean, I, I guess I'm still working on that. I'm still yeah. with every yeah. single case. It's different. And I'm still, I'm still figuring it out, mm-hmm. but okay. it's, it's worth, it's always been worth the effort. Like yeah. it's the yeah. outcomes are really incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to be very uh, respectful of your time here and appreciate, uh, uh, the, the chat we've had, I, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, and I, I think you're up for this. Uh, you know, we have, obviously, the, the, the listening base here are all legal professionals. Um, I, I'd ask for two comments, maybe, in, in terms of closing comments. 
One would be, um, what would you have to say to uh, encourage lawyers that are more focused on the traditional litigated um, model? Um, you know, what would you say to them? Say, you know, be open to this. Why? Why should they move in this direction at least? at times. And then the other piece, or the second half of this would be, you know, there are lots of lawyers, because not all clients are going to want to do this at all, you know, still need to stay in the litigated space. Are there learnings or takeaways from your experience in the collaborative space that might be beneficial to help, you know, if, if you jump back into the litigated space? So, uh, and if and any other closing comment you'd have, but sure. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on those two sides. The most important lesson that I've learned about working alongside the traditional litigated attorney is to have a relationship and try to have an understanding between the two very different practices. So my first part of that would be an invitation that if you're if you're a litigator and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, that is never something I would do. That's fine. The world absolutely needs really strong litigators who are responsible in handling families. But also, let's go to coffee and let's talk about what I do so that we can complement one another. Um, But for the practitioners who are thinking about who see litigation, the issues with litigation and, and maybe have some heartache of their own about how they're practicing. You know, the collaborative door is, is always open and you can get trained relatively inexpensively and join a practice group and try it out. And maybe it's for you, maybe it's not, but it's still a great way. You're going to get some cleas. You're going to get some really great information. It's going to challenge your worldview, which kind of goes to your second point which is, you know, we address these family law cases in a very lawyer-centric, law-centric way. And what I've really learned is, one, active listening. I've learned to ask more questions and dive deeper into the answers. And I am shocked at how much more I've learned and repeatedly have used that skill in my litigation practice because the last thing any of us wants is to get up in front of a judge and be in the middle of a hearing or a trial and get caught flat footed. Mm-hmm. And when we make that investment in time and energy into our clients, I think it yields a better outcome and a better experience for them overall. So I would say that the, that's kind of the, 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 the complement between the two worlds. And I don't see them as completely divergent and separate and apart. Yeah. I see them as working together mm-hmm. and, and kind of the left hand and the right hand. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And your comment of active listening really strikes a chord with me. Uh, I, I think at times it's too easy, regardless of what sandbox we're in as lawyers in terms of practice, you know, just to, this is how it's always been done. We think we know what's right. We think we understand what people want, you know. 
there's a lot of assumptions. Uh, when, when I was practicing, I was involved in a situation where I really thought it was all about the money. We had to get the most amount of money. And when I finally learned, it had nothing to do with the money at all because mm. I wasn't listening. You mm-hmm. know, um, the, the matter resolved very, very quickly, and it was a great outcome for everybody involved. Um, you know, so I, I, I just I simply want to underscore that, and thank you for saying it, you know, that, that – uh, that's that's put aside at times some of our assumptions and really take the time to, to understand and listen. What is the need of the client? Mm-hmm. And and what we are here, we are in someone else's employ. Right. And We're I of think service. It, we of exactly. And thank you for that. I, that's sums it up perfectly. And we are in, in service of others. And we can't forget that. Um, you know, we need to be an advocate at times. And sometimes, you know, in the litigation space, very, very strong advocates. There are situations where people need that because they can't advocate for themselves. But that doesn't mean that we do not, uh, that we get a pass on just really trying to understand who is this person? How do I best serve them? So um, I, I, I'm just trying to summarize some things that I'm taking away from this conversation. Sure, and, and, sure. And I think, you know, it's I'm, – I'm thrilled to see that you have taken uh, such a role and, and a lead position here in Montana to try to really expand and, and bring this, uh, this new um, – or a, a slightly different, less adversarial model – in, into Montana, you know. Thank you very much. For, I, I just think that you're doing some wonderful, wonderful work. Do you have any final closing thought that you'd like? Oh to Oh my share? goodness! <laughs> well, you know, obviously, thank you so much for having me. Um, if there are attorneys or other, you know, professionals or even clients, you know, potential clients mm-hmm. listening to this, if you have questions or you want to have a conversation about this, my contact information is is easy to find at well, elementlawgroup.com. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, element element law group one word elementlawgroup.com. Uh, so there you go. Um, and I invite folks to to go out and, and take a look at the website and uh, go take a look at the book. Uh, well, yes. again, Katie, thank you very much for those thank of you. you listening. I hope you found something of value today, and it's always a pleasure to take a little time and uh, and uh, visit. So if there's anything else uh, you'd like in terms of topics, uh, questions, concerns, you do not need to be an Alps insured to reach out to me. Uh, feel free at any time. My email is mbass at alpsinsurance.com. mbass alpsinsurance.com. Happy to help uh, in anything at any time if, there, if there's ever anything I can do for you. So thanks for listening again, folks. Y'all have a great day. Stay safe, stay well, stay connected. Bye-bye. <music>